0: Welcome to Constructed Curiosity, a podcast that aims to expand your horizons and promote personal growth by exploring various topics and having conversations with extraordinary people. I'm your host, Casey Sprague. Thank you for joining me, and let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Constructed Curiosity. So today my guest is Mary Tanis. She is a very interesting person. Her energy just draws you in. So entrepreneur, board advisor, worked in the sales industry and accounting, has multiple different streams and industries that she's involved with, and her passion and the way she gives back to the community is something that's just wonderful to hear and listen to, so I invite you guys to hear it from her. Hello, and welcome to Constructive Curiosity. My guest today is Mary Tass. Mary, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Casey. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I am a Middle Eastern woman who has lived half of my life in Jordan and my other half in the U.S. Um, I have grown to be somebody that likes to create a change in the world, definitely focusing on positive. I have a business in consulting. I have a business in marketing as well as I invest in real estate. Um, I have uh, a business like I've actually just recently invested in some restaurant and retail uh, types of businesses. So I am an entrepreneur. I love to do things that are within my passion. So everything I just listed is a passion of mine. And I basically uh, put all of the experiences that I've gathered through the years in corporate and the education that I've gathered as well as a life coach to making these businesses successful.
0: That is awesome. You have such a diverse background and so many different things that you have, you know, going on for you right now. So let's take it back to the very beginning. So what started, you know, early, what was early life like?
1: So I grew up in Amman, Jordan. Um, I went to a Catholic school. I was uh, uh, the female out of a family full of boys. So growing up, um, I always put effort into fitting in and basically voicing my opinions very well. Um, I guess that gave me the, uh, the, I guess the personality I have today, which um, basically, I am able to maneuver through challenges. I'm a neighbor. I'm able to I love diversity. Um, I am able to put effort into basically fitting in wherever I am. And that comes also part of the traveling that I've done. So growing up in Jordan, then uh, getting my education, first degree in basically in nutrition in Jordan, then moving to the U.S., getting my second degree in accounting in the U.S., uh, climbing the corporate ladder, shifting from accounting, which I absolutely did not like when I when I when I worked in accounting, I ended up switching to sales really early in my career. Which again, um, it's it's part of who I am. I like to basically listen to what my uh, intuition is telling me and adjust accordingly. Change is not easy, but that comes part of the reward that you get. So shifting to sales and business development, building uh, a great success in corporate into the, the time where I'm like, okay, well, this is not what I want to do. Um, I uh, per, you know, pursued my life coaching. I gathered a lot of certification and uh, knowledge into that area and decided to become a business advisor and build my businesses from there on where I am today.
0: So what was your favorite part about life coaching? What draw, drew you to that?
1: Um, just a big passion into helping people be who they want to be. As I said, I went through lots of challenges in my life personally, you know, personal life as well as professional, uh, from moving to countries into basically fitting in in a a, uh, environment where it's male focused. And there's lots of challenges that come with that, that I'm thankful for. And because of that, I became a natural person that people like a natural mentor where people came to me even when I was really young and asked me for help and asked me for opinion, asked me to give them, you know, advice. And when I had the time to reflect on truly what I want to be and what's my purpose in life, that's where it took me to life coaching because it adds that spin into my professional experience and knowledge. um, Because to me, success is about the mindset, the process, and the systems.
0: No, that's absolutely perfect. And you know, You've always had, you know, since I've met you and known you, you draw people in, you're very easy to talk to, you present yourself well, you're very confident in what you do. And that just, you know, shows natural leadership. And what would you think your best leadership attributes are?
1: You know what? Because I went through... A long journey professionally. And I went through lots of, you know, saw lots of different leaders. You know, again, as you know, corporate is not easy, especially when you, you know, reach high. Um, High positions, right? Uh, politics change, it's different leadership skills and styles who you actually report to. And because of that, I think compassion and truly wanting the best for your team is what um, you know, what my leadership focus is always, um, has always been, right? So to me, it's important to make sure that I am focusing on them. It's not about me, it's about what they are gonna be contributing based on their skill set set, based on their goals, and based on where they're truly fit to be the best they can be.
0: So very much a servant leader, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: That's such a great attitude and aspect to have because, you know, you've worked for bosses, I've worked for bosses, where that's not always the case, and it definitely affects the morale of the organization when it's like that.
1: I agree with that, and honestly, because I was impacted exactly that morale, I'm a very dedicated person i absolutely put everything you know in anything i do and when you have a leader that is not aligned with that, those, you know, that culture, that those ethics um, and way of thinking, then that morale dropped. And I always wanted to make sure I give that as a leader to everything around me and not truly just in a professional setup, even in a team environment, in the community. It's like being that voice that allows people to see beyond what they're seeing in front of them and be the best they can be.
0: No, That's, that's awesome. So take a step back real quick. Living in Jordan, what was what are the major differences? I've never been to Jordan. I've dealt with Jordanian people before, you know, but I've not actually had the experience of being there. So what's it like?
1: Jordan is beautiful. I mean, um, it's the part of me that I absolutely appreciate, which is the compassion, the culture, the hospitality. Uh, people in Jordan are absolutely um caring, truly caring, like they, they lend a hand, no matter who you are, hospitality. So because if you've heard about Bedouins, right, Bedouins, is basically that the type of people that no matter who you are, where you're coming from, you knock on their door and at that point, tent, right? And they allow you in and they give you, you know, even if there's one piece of bread, they give you the bigger piece and take the smaller piece. So if you take that to the core of who we are as human beings, to me, that's what Jordan is about. It's about community. It's about caring. It's about hospitality, respect, ethics principles and you know that's what i truly appreciate what gave me as a human being growing in that environment
0: so my biggest experience with the jordanian people is when i was actually stationed in afghanistan and we had a jordanian military group there fantastic food i'll definitely say that and we snuck over to their dining facility every chance we could because the food was just absolutely fantastic
1: I mean, Casey, if we're going to start talking about food, you know me. I'm a big foodie. So between food and then music and, you know, lifestyle, that's a whole different level. Jordan is beautiful from that aspect as well as history. I mean, Petra is in Jordan, which is one of the wonders of the world. There's so much history and so much to see, in addition to all everything we said about the people themselves.
0: It's definitely on my bucket list to get there one day.
1: Yeah, and you know who to ask. I'll be your definitely your guide there.
0: So moving to the States, what was the hardest part of that?
1: Um, I always think about that question, and honestly, every phase of my life, there's a different answer because of where I am, right? But I can tell you that one of the biggest things is uh, language. I mean, speaking, knowing a language, I mean, I spoke English, I knew English, I knew French. I took that since I was in kindergarten in Jordan, but... Speaking and communication is a whole different level. You can speak the language, but to connect and communicate is a whole different thing and skill set and a whole adventure, right? Um, So coming in, uh, simply connecting, I'm a person that loves to be part of a community. I'm a person that loves to contribute. I, um, I like to learn. And how can you do that when you're not able to connect? So connecting was one of the toughest part for me. Is to get my language to become, you know, good enough to have the ability to express myself properly, the way I want it, the message, with the message I want to deliver, and also to hear and understand what's being said to me, and uh, I, you know, take it to the level that that sender is trying to deliver to me versus my translation of it word to word, right? So that was one of the toughest parts. Uh, of course the adjustment the you know the lifestyle is different um having to get a job at a young age while working you know working and um being on my on my own financially becoming financially independent which is not something i had to worry about or or think about in jordan In addition to, of course, going to college and going through all of that from, you know, again, language and and connection and even understanding what's being asked of me and how it's being perceived and how I can approach people. um, It's different. Culture is different. Uh, What's accepted maybe in Jordan, maybe not accepted in the U.S. and vice versa. Uh, learning about bubbles, and I mean, in in the U.S., we're we're all like in Jordan, we're all like touchy and feely, like you know, in a in a way that's very compassionate and caring. Like I talk to somebody to sympathize and and show empathy, I can I can you know simply touch that person. Where as I became a leader and I worked, and that's one of the first thing HR was like, no no no, you don't do that. You know what I mean? So these things that we don't really think about here. I had to learn all of that. It's like being born again. I had to build my credit, which is again, um, a whole different experience as well, right? So um, it, was, it was not easy, but it's war, well worth it to bring me to where I am today and be able to share all of that experience with the people I impact as well.
0: Yeah, the bubble is the biggest thing. We don't realize as Americans that we have a bubble because everybody just you know, naturally stays three feet away from each other all the time <laughs> at least. Yeah, the first time I dealt with people from other countries, I felt so uncomfortable and out of place, but it's just a different culture. you have to understand when you're in someone else's culture, you have to embrace what they do. You can't, neither side is wrong. I guess that's the problem. People try to think that, you know, one side's right, the other side's wrong. It's just different. And I mean, the way you learn in life is to travel, get out there and see new things, meet new people, understand that everyone didn't grow up the way that you did. So, you know, it's okay to embrace and try the things and the, the language barrier that you were talking about there with communication i ran into that with my japanese counterparts and i lived there because they spoke the queen's english as we always call it so it's very proper <laughs> yeah. and we would use americans use so much slang even if you know you speak very proper american english there's still a lot of slang in there yeah and they couldn't they couldn't understand what we were talking about and then i'm like well you still speak better english and i speak japanese so you're fine
1: I got to tell you a funny story. Um, One of my early, early, early in in my career, when I as soon as I moved to the US and and got a job and I was going to college, um, I took a call from a person with with a southern accent. And that was my first experience with a southern accent. And I had no idea it existed, right? So I'm trying to really understand that person and help you know that person as much as I can on the phone. By the fourth time I asked that person to repeat that sentence, I'm like, that's it. I think he's gonna just reach out and like choke me or something. So I better ask for help. So I put that person on hold and I reached out to my manager and I said, please help me, I don't understand. I mean, I'm a foreigner, but this person is a foreigner. I have no idea what they're saying. I don't know where they're from, but uh, please you know, uh, you know, help me. So the, my, my manager picks up the phone and expecting a foreigner, right? From a different country. Sure. And they, they are like, you know, Southern accent. <laughs> so she was like cracking up laughing. And when she helped that person and came back, she's like, Mary, you know, welcome to America. I mean, this is the, South- they're not foreigners. They're Americans. They're from, you know, the South. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, these things, right? It, it, it's not easy to maneuver through, right? It's not easy to, to um, accept and, and it's, it's hard even for us as human beings being, you know, adults to go through these experiences and not be able to connect and allow the the people to to express themselves the way they they want to. Um, we take it hard on ourselves. And these are the things that we go through with growth is that, you know, taking it in and learning from it and, and understanding it. And you know what? There are differences and it's all about perspective. Right. And no judgment. You just take it in, you learn it and you make the best out of it.
0: So if you wouldn't mind getting a little bit more personal here, so I want to get both sides of the equation, I'm not just going to make you bring up anything bad or something good, but what would you say is one of the worst experiences you had with culture differences and what's one of the best that you've had?
1: Um, I mean, I think one of the worst experiences is truly being judged. Um, I think that is the most important thing that I always teach my kids, even in you know my my speeches. Anytime I have the ability to express that, is that we're all from one universe like we have got the universe one world we're all the same but different in good ways right so the differences are basically the spice of life it's it's the ability to just see something beautiful that we don't know about and we want we should learn about so being judged as you know an arab Uh, an Arabic person was tough. You know, I I had um, experiences where I was totally dismissed out of the equation and the circle just because um, I have an accent, just because I am from Jordan, just because I was, you know, assumed to be from a a certain circle, from a certain, uh, you know, type of people. So, and even my family had to go through that. And that's tough. That's tough and that's why you know I send my my voice now to everybody that's listening is that there's, we should not judge people. We should. There's beauty in every person around us. Even the people that we see, they're not, you know, so well or they're not behaving in a certain way that's acceptable to us. If we dig deeper, there's something good in them because I believe there's goodness in every person, right? It's just the experiences that w- they went through and the learnings that they went through is what made them who they are today that we may not be aligned with, right? So that's the tough part um the bad part are not so good i mean the good is that there is so much that i learned i mean i love these challenges i embrace them from you know uh, what i learned in corporate america maneuvering through the politics um you know understanding my capabilities really because I would say in Jordan, I was more within my comfort zone. Um, I was very well, you know, I I belonged to a family that gave me everything I needed. I didn't need to work. I didn't need to do anything. Um, But coming here and being on my own and being surrounded with people that voiced, um, you know, what could be done better uh, people that were honest in their feedback, because I'm always seeking feedback and I take every opportunity for growth. So to me, that's an amazing experience that I don't think is, you know, with all of the tough parts of it and the pain that I went through, I would never replace it. And I'm thankful for it.
0: Yeah. If you don't, Put yourself out there. Do you know? you Possibly get hurt by something or deal with those hard times. You're never going to grow.
1: And you know what else, Casey? I the U.S. is a beautiful place to to be able to achieve. Really, if you work hard and if you try and if you build a sense of um, commitment to what your goals are and what you're looking to accomplish, you have the ability to actually achieve. And, and that's, that's amazing because that's not something that exists in every country. You know, there are many places where you're, you are putting all effort, you are, you know, doing your best, you are dedicated, but you're not getting the chances. You're not treated equally. You're not treated with respect. And even though it this exists everywhere, but I, I would say in the U.S. you have the ability, you have choices, you have the ability to maneuver through that and bring uh, something better out of it and adjust and adapt and achieve.
0: No, oh, absolutely. So out of all the different career paths you've had so far, which one was the most challenging?
1: Oh, I think everyone has its own challenges. Um and that's the beauty of it. I I don't enjoy it. It's funny. I don't like it easy. I don't like uh, when it's easy and it's not challenging and I'm not learning. Um, it's just, to me, it's boring. And honestly, that, that's why I left accounting um, with all my respect to accountants. My husband is an accountant and we have an accounting practice, but to me personally, it was not what I was looking for. Um, it was every day was the same every day. There's quarter end, month end, etc. Uh, and, It was not challenging the things that I wanted to change in me, I guess, to a certain degree. So uh, corporate, there's lots of challenges as far as, you know, learning to um, be part of a team, yet create your own voice and your own identity, um, maneuvering through the challenges to grow and show your work um, to life coaching where you're dealing with different personalities. There are going to be people that may not be aligned with uh, basically my mindset and what I'm trying to express into being on stage and being judged. you right. Uh, where people basically going to look up and down at you and say, you know, what, what the heck are you talking about? Or they may not be aligned. So I learned to focus my attention, um, to the people that are aligned with the message, that the people that are not necessarily always aligned, honestly, it's they're open to the message, they're open to listen, they're open to change. And there's always that 30% of people that will not agree with you. And I, I learned that I should just not focus my energy on those people and be ready to help them when they're ready to be helped.
0: Oh, that's perfect. That's So you sound very much like me, you love to figure people out, you love to study the human existence. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that the job doesn't give me the opportunity to lead coach and develop, it's very hard to stick with. Yeah, because that's what I really love to do. I love to get in there, figure out what makes people tick, how can I help motivate them? And that's, it's, you know, just the study of the human existence, really.
1: You know what? Once a life coach, always a life coach with a degree or without. When you have that mindset, you're always analyzing like I travel a lot and I love doing that. And when I'm in the airplane, I sit to a person, I always say, "Okay, what's the reason I'm sitting next to that person? And I I always like try to analyze that journey and the reason why we're sitting next to each other and learn more about them and see what the universe is trying to teach me. Uh, Train station, cafe, anywhere, you know, I'm always open in my Per, you know perception is always looking for what am I gonna learn today and what this is all environment is about why am I here you know and it's it's fun to others, you know my family's like, come on relax like just <laughs> be you I'm like be who you you know you are I'm like this is who I am. it's just uh just cannot settle down you know
0: So the public speaking, a lot of people have a major fear and phobia, especially getting up on stage in front of a bunch of strangers. So what advice would you give there?
1: Uh, the best, you know, and most important advice is that shift the focus from about you to about them. Uh, the second you shift that focus, it's not going to be about your ego. It's not about be fearing because the fear comes from fear of judgment, right? It's about fearing of how are they going to perceive my message? Are they going to like me? Am I good enough? This is where fear comes from, you know, uh, when you're in front of, you know, that much crowd. Um, So what I would always say, and I, I tell my students and the people I coach and my clients when they're on stage is that, Shift that focus. It's about them. It's about the audience. It's about, you know, what they're here to hear. It's about what they are like. So whatever you're going to say, you're going to touch somebody. You're going to actually impact somebody. And if you walk away with impacting one, two, three people, you multiply that with all of their engagements and interactions. And you can just imagine what that number is going to be like so let that focus be on them and don't worry about your you know your ego and and you know the focus being on yourself and how you're going to do and of course practice i mean you cannot just go on stage without practicing you know i mean it's it's amazing when people are becoming you know get to that level of being a natural but that comes with experience right but until you get there um you've got to practice you've got to know what you're doing you know, what message are you trying to 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 relay and what's the outcome of this whole time that you're investing and in being, you know, in front of these people.
0: That's actually a good point. That's not one of the ones I've heard before, you know, focus on the audience. So that's a good, one. I'm going to keep that one for myself too.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it helps me, Casey. So, I mean, I, I do it a lot, but I can tell you, like, it just... Even even the people, you know, that you see all the time on stage, that fear is always there. And the second that you shift that mindset and mentality to say, you know what, I'm here for these people, no matter what I do, it's going to benefit them, they're going to learn something, right? Uh, I've done my due diligence, I've practiced, I have a lot of experience to share. So just share, right? And let the the audience basically um, take all of that in and, and not worry about how I'm going to look or how, uh, you know, am I good enough? You know, because obviously being there means you are good enough. So don't think like that.
0: And that brings up to something I've learned over the years of real-time resilience. So, you know, you're basically talk yourself into like, yes, I can do this. This is the reasons why I'm qualified. I've done this before. I've rehearsed, yeah. I'm ready. So it yeah. kind of goes right back hand in hand
1: with that. Absolutely. Self-talk is key. What we tell ourselves, and that that all that voice that's in our heads definitely makes us who we are today and what, what our potential and capabilities are, right? So I mean in NLP, like neurolinguistic programming, right? That's one of the biggest things is that like that what we are telling and what we're hearing and what that subconscious is telling us how it's actually controlling us and guiding us through um, our behaviors.
0: That's perfect. And let's shift here to your businesses a little bit. Let's talk about stuff you're currently doing.
1: So a um, few things. We have the accounting practices I mentioned. So we help uh, basically, We, my husband and I bring all of our corporate experiences and expertise that we've gathered through our 20 plus years in corporate to help, business owners achieve and succeed. So from the financial side to the bookkeeping, payroll, um, sales, training, um, anything that has to do from business HR, building a culture, leadership, um, all of that, uh, we have we basically do that side by side. So we have a team where I manage the consulting side and then my husband manages the accounting and, and all, everything that comes with it from tax to payroll to et cetera. Um, I travel as well, so I help businesses in the U.S. to build an industry and build presence in the Middle East again, because of the language, uh, you know, me be able, speaking the language as well as knowing the cultures and ways of doing business, I, I become the bridge between those two businesses or those two countries um, to or regions to basically be able to work together and understand ways of, you know, coming up with a successful story and successful business. So I do that as well. Um, we just recently launched... Um, Um, A food uh, project in Dubai. Um, So that's, uh, that's, you know, another passion because of, you know, how much we love food. So we, we're building a name there and it's definitely soon to, to know, learn more and more about it. We're in the process of actually announcing all of that. And, um, you know, of course the life coaching i mean i just absolutely love going into businesses and helping leaders and people achieve and shift their mindset to where they have the ability to change their perception of what they can and capable of doing that's really my my true passion um is Being able to do that and helping people believe that there is a way to do things, even if you are not in the right environment, if you don't have the right tools, you have the ability to change all of that starting with a mindset. And then I provide the process because of my experience, as well as the systems with the tools that can be the technology being you know, in technology industry for over 20 years, I also bring that into the formula. So to complete it and make it uh, maximize the potential.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. You have the right tools and the right skills to get to where you want to be.
1: Absolutely. And of course, real estate, I mean, uh, I'm in Virginia. So real estate is uh, is a definitely very strong here. And it, it became a fun experience that when we started that my husband and I a couple of years ago. So that's why I also work with a lot of brokerages and real estate agents as an investor, as well as uh, somebody that can help them actually maximize on their potential too.
0: Yeah. Real estate's a very lucrative industry. And I've had several guests on that work directly in the real estate market and it's just one of those. If you don't know what you're doing, you can find the resources. People are out there to help you. So if you're interested in real estate investing, highly recommend people should look into it.
1: Absolutely. And honestly, what I've seen so far is that people, that uh, investors, as well as people that are in real estate industry, they're willing to talk. They're willing to share experiences. They're willing to really help you. If you're somebody that is, you know, interested in becoming an investor or you know, penetrating into that industry. Definitely seek and ask for help locally. There's a lot of people and a lot of events that you can attend where you can learn a lot and basically, uh, you know, get where you need to be faster versus, you know, trial and error.
0: Yeah, trial and error is definitely not the way to go. (laughs)
1: sometimes it's the only way to go absolutely but if you have the resources knock on doors ask people you know people are willing you know there are sometimes people that are not gonna share um, but you know what keep trying you will find people that are willing to share and it doesn't definitely gets you where you need to be faster
0: so you've made a lot of great strides in your life what are you looking to do in the next five years
1: Um, growing, you know, our business. So focusing on the kids. I mean, I'm a mother and I love being a mother. So, you know, in addition to everything we said about business and taking that to where I really want to be, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to build more businesses around. I mean, I want to continue to penetrate and invest in, you know, more than just, you know, the U.S. and and Middle East. Like everywhere I see a place where there's worth, you know, the investment and there's an opportunity. um, I'm definitely eager for that. I just love businesses and love being an entrepreneur. But also big passion for me is my kids. Um, I have three boys, uh, 17, 14 and six. And Putting a lot of time into their future, being who they, you know, can be as best community members, as, um, you know, men, uh, future men, as well as, you know, um, young adults, you know, becoming, making a difference in the community we are, and being the change that this this world needs to to see, especially where we're heading, you know, the younger generation. Um, how they're changing and how they're becoming, you know, with socially and, you know, uh, (laughs) I mean, we all know, you know, it's the generation of, uh, you know, tablets and iPhones and technology, and they're using that edge of being socially connected. And, you know, to me, that's a big investment from a time effort and making them, you know, basically who they can be to be better dads and better community members. So I enjoy that a lot.
0: So from a parent perspective, you know, this generation, like you mentioned, is very hard because it's different than how we grew up. It's different than the world. You know, 20 years ago, yeah, you still had cell phones. You had other things like that, but not nearly the technology that's out there now. What is the hardest part of parenting in this generation?
1: You know, it's funny. I always when I have my conversations with the teen, with my teenagers, I'm like, thank God I'm a life coach to like keep hair on my head and not like go crazy. But sometimes they're they use my techniques and I'm like, don't use my life coaching skills on me, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I think the bottom line is parenting is not easy, especially if you want to do it right. They need a lot of time and attention. What um. I love anything parenting topics, and this is part of my passion as well, is to speak in schools and and help parents also maneuver through these challenges. But the bottom line is kids, what they need these, these days is truly to be heard. Because what happens nowadays is that we're doing the same thing they're doing. We're always busy. We're always on our phones. Even if there's time when there's a conversation we are listening but we're not hearing them right um we're not really understanding what they're trying to tell us we're not relating to their challenges we i mean i'm sure you can relate to this i'm sure your parents probably told you because they told me like when we were your age we did xyz and we had this challenge and you know we were able to maneuver but the reality is because of the world and how fast it's changing it's almost like it doesn't make sense anymore for us to say that to them because their world is totally different than our world. And it's truly um, putting effort into relating to them and understanding their challenges, what they're going through. There's a lot of pressure in schools, communities, uh, what's expected out of them um, to actually, because of the resources available to a lot of kids, there's high competition in sports, in education. You know, they have to put extra and way more in order for them to achieve. And we just need to really listen and give them, you know, advice and give them the ability to think through those challenges and come to to a, a you know an answer together, versus telling them what to do. You know. Um, it's, it's rather than like giving them the solution based on our perspective. It's more of let's, let me hear you out. Let's work, you know, on this, I'll give you an advice, but let's come up with a solution that you are okay with. It's almost like what we do in, 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 you know, in corporate, right. To sit down and align on a strategy versus a leader telling us, this is what I want you to do. And you have no say, you know what I mean? um is the same thing so taking all of that and truly putting it into your household and how you actually deal with your kids and how you parent is also critical
0: cool. yeah it is just a totally different world <laughs> and that's absolutely the, my wife talk and I talk about it all the time it's just the fact that you know when we were growing up it seemed like kids were able to be kids still and now it's like there's constant you know we got to go to this activity that activity school has this much and the constant communication is It's not going anywhere. I think it's a bad thing because there's too much of it, but it's not going anywhere. So you have to be able to adapt and overcome. Yeah. But it's the fact that the kids, you you said things that worked well for you in your childhood don't work anymore. You know, you can't do things the same way. The world's different. I mean, obviously you don't want to cause any scenes anyway, but if you do cause any kind of scene, that's going to be on video. It's going to be on the internet. It's going to go everywhere. And trying to teach your kids that you have to, you know, have those social skills and emotional skills. I'm a huge emotional intelligence person. I love talking about it. Big resilience person. And those are skills that I think the schools need to actually incorporate more. Get those into the minds of kids at younger and younger age, early elementary school, all the way through high school. You should be teaching kids how to be resilient because you're gonna run into all kinds of problems. And I feel like I don't know if it was the same for you growing up, but that was a major gap was understanding that you know, everything was about academics, academics, but your emotional intelligence is just as important as your IQ. So teach people how to deal with their emotions, how to deal with other people's emotions and how to bounce back when you have adversity. And that's it's one of the biggest drawbacks I've noticed of the younger generation is they're taught to win, 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 and they do, and they can, you know, consistently go through and are very, very successful. Mm-hmm. And I actually had, a, years ago now, but I had a young soldier that had come through my class when I was an instructor, and he failed. He had never failed anything in his life, and he had a meltdown yep. right there in the classroom. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm, what's going on, man? This is not a big deal. You get to retry in two days, but he just didn't know what to do with it because he yep. had not been taught those skills. Uh-huh. I really think those are important.
1: Absolutely. And and I love what you said about in, incorporating that into schools. Like one of the biggest concerns I always have and recently talk about in, you know, networking events and all of the organizations I belong to and donate my time is mental health in schools. You know, what are we doing about that? Um, the the kids are going through so much. Schools are changing. They're basically there's security guards in schools. There's you know doors and doors and layers of security, which I understand why. But what's the impact on how they're perceiving the world? How they're perceiving life? Right? Not being able to get out when they want to get out. Outdoor research, field trips. I mean, there's a lot of changes there. So how are we teaching them to deal with that in a way that is rather than accepting that this is how it is, but how can we embrace it in a way that we balance between them being kids and then what the world is imposing on them, right? Because again, there's a lot of emotions created in that. And there's a lot of things that they're listening and hearing and seeing because of social media, because of the news, because of all of the... Uh, accessibility to you know a lot of things that we sometimes have no control of as parents. So talking through all of that is also critical for them to understand what's not real. I mean, not everything you listen to or see on, on you know you know internet and social media and the news is true. There's a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of you know uh, you know reasons why things are said the way they're said to build a certain perception and perspective. So teaching them also all of that intelligence to really analyze and ask the question, is this really true? Or do I need to really find answers in a better way?
0: Yeah, my oldest daughter is getting close to middle school now. That's one of the things I try to talk with her about is, what was your emotional reaction to what you just heard? Yeah. Why would you have that reaction? Is there any reason other than you know, an intrinsic thing that you actually needed to have that reaction for, or is this something that's making you feel a way targeted at you? So you just have to be able to, that's why I said where the emotional intelligence comes through. And I just feel like that's where some a place where our society is failing our kids.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you, Casey. And it's really all of us need to be part of that and, and really help this, uh, you know, the kids and creating a better generation, because that's going to be really our biggest challenges in the years to come.
0: No, Absolutely. So shift away from the parenting topic. That was fun, but try to get back on a little bit more of the track of the traditional episodes, Why? Well, I said they can go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other causes that you like to reach out to and dedicate your time?
1: Um, I love anything about kids. So I, um, I help uh, a few organizations here locally. Uh, one is Fairy Godmother Project, which they focus on, you know, pediatric cancer um, and families that go through that and giving them the support and the resources to be able to focus on their kids and not worry about the day-to-day tasks. So I absolutely love that. Um, There's also Gwyneth Gwyneth Gifts, which is uh, uh, another amazing organization locally here in in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where they they created awareness about um Anything related to CPR and the ability to, to to make sure that this exists in schools and in places where it needs to happen so that when there's cardiac situations and and um, you know anything that's uh, related to kids going through an experience of a heart attack or um, anything related to that, um, there's somebody that there that can help so that kids you know, are able to survive it until help is on the way. So um, anything related to kids is really of a passion to me. Um, I, you know, did a lot of um, time as well in traveling to look for these organizations that are aligned with the similar focuses, and you know, participating in whether like there's runs or events. Um, it's just a true passion to me to help to help um, these types of organizations that help kids and their families.
0: So what does that mean to your life? Like how does it really like affect who you are as a person?
1: It really, um, it really allows me, it gives me like a, a huge sense of reward to be able to give back and make a difference. Whether I voice their purpose or I participate or even emotionally help some of the people that go through these scenarios if I'm present at some of these events. Um, just making it an impact really like whether it's emotional support financial support or support with an advice like I'm a board member in some of these organizations and you know to me it's taking everything I learned and I was blessed to to get through my my life and the gifts that God gave me to share it with others and to make a change and make an impact it also allows me to become an active member in a community to me that's very important connecting and being an active member in the community, rather somebody just goes to work, comes back, goes to the grocery store and runs, you know, drives kids around. Uh, you know, that's my other job, you know, the Uber in the household. You know, that's to me is not enough. You know, I gotta, I gotta make an impact, a bigger impact. Of course, all of that does make an impact. I mean, raising kids, huge impact. Um, you know, working is huge impact, but I want it to do even more. And that's what it makes me feel really good and and um, it gives me that sense of community connection.
0: So getting to live your passions, that's awesome.
1: Absolutely. It is true passion. That is the right word for it.
0: So it's something I tell people when I talk to them a lot. If you're not in a place that's making you can't find it in every aspect, you gotta be very fortunate to find it in all aspects of your life. But if you don't have something that's making you want to wake up in the morning, making you want to get out of bed, making you excited. You need to find it, you know, life is too short. You only get maybe, what, 100 years if you're very lucky. And you only get so many of those years where you actually have good enough health to do anything. So don't spend them miserable. It may not be your job, but it could be something you do after work. It may be something that, you know, you incorporate when you have free time, but find something that you enjoy doing.
1: I love that, Casey. I think it's such a blessing when people know what they love and they do it. Um, and I think if, if anybody that, does not feel like they're happy to get up and do what they do every day, they should definitely ask themselves the question of why? What can I do to actually do look forward to what you know I'm doing every single day? And honestly, every person has capabilities and they have gifts that they may not know about. So whether they seek help from a, you know, an advisor, a coach, a mentor, somebody that they're around them to help them answer that question. It's so worth it. It's so worth the investment. It's so worth the time to find that passion and that true purpose.
0: So we're coming a little bit close to the end here. So I always like to end out with a few questions and then open it up for you for your closing comments. So, First question for you, and I'm going to shift it up a little bit to, from a regular. So at the same age that you moved from Jordan to the U.S., if someone okay. was moving from the U.S. to Jordan at that age, what advice would you give?
1: Um, enjoy the journey. Um, expect challenges. Expect that you're going to go through pain um culture differences embrace the those differences enjoy learning and connecting with others moving to any place if you're gonna sit and just say I don't belong here it might as well just go back you know because you truly don't belong there but you need to work on belonging there by connecting to people hearing their stories sharing your story right and that's when that connection happens any place in the world can become home.
0: Oh, that's perfect, yep, and I, I've lived that. <laughs> I have to get to know people in different places and actually become part of your surroundings.
1: yeah. eat the, eat their food, dance their dances, learn the music, teach them what you also have to offer. So like that blending of cultures is beautiful. So just focus on that and expect that it's not going to be easy, but it's worth it at the end.
0: So you probably have the same, um, I don't know if I'd say problem, but you know, a little bit of heartache that my wife and I have that we've lived so many different places that you miss something from everywhere. There's something that you absolutely love about everywhere you've lived. And you're like, oh, I wish I could have this, or you go see that again.
1: I agree. Especially food. (laughs) Yeah
0: if you travel somewhere new, definitely try the local cuisine. Don't just stick with chain restaurants because there's something unique that you'll never have anywhere else. So definitely check out the local places. I agree with you. Okay. So next question, you're a big traveler. You've been lots of places, but where's somewhere that you want to go?
1: Somewhere I want to go or? Yes. Okay. Um, I haven't explored South America much, to be honest with you. Uh, that's that's a place I'd love to put more time into exploring and learning and connecting. Um, Spanish is I I, I'm also taking Spanish lessons Um, I always wanted to speak Spanish so I just think it's a beautiful culture their food their music everything about it is definitely I'm I'm attracted to and um, it's definitely an area I want to explore because I've explored a lot on the other sides of the world but not in South America.
0: always seems that's an area that a lot of people seem to forget about, and it's not very far to get to, honestly, compared to other places around the world.
1: It's very true. And it's a beautiful place to explore 100% nature, language, food, people, everything.
0: So my final question for you, and this is what I ask pretty much all my guests, is every person's life is a little bit different. You know, pivotal moments and big impacts happen at different times. But at least the age I came up with that was big and, you know, big and impactful for most people is going to be around 14 years old. There's a lot of life changes. You're going to different schools a lot of the time, or, you know, different life events have happened. So if you could talk to your 14 year old self, what would you say?
1: Hmm. I'm trying to remember my being 14. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I just don't, don't remember, but um. Let's just say, let's just say, no matter what the age, I would tell myself, well done. Um, you've gone a long way. Uh, you've definitely explored and learned and there's so much more that you can do. Um, don't look back and say, I wish I did this or I did not have that. What you did not have then, it's there's a reason for it that you can recreate and repurpose. It's never late to to learn. It's never late to explore what you have not been able to do back then. You can do now, regardless of you know age. Um, you can always be the kid you want to be at any age.
0: That's awesome advice. I love that. So I'll open it up to you for any kind of closing comments. Anything you'd like to discuss?
1: Um, one, I'd like to thank you, Casey. I mean, what you're doing here is amazing. Just creating that place for people to really go to for advice for uh, good vibes for, you know, um, just becoming better and learning and growing and relating, you know, there's so much out there that we all go through. Life is definitely not easy, right? There's ups and downs, but I would say it's so worth living. Uh, it's being being here and being alive is a, is a gift. Appreciate the little things, the most and you know simplest things in life. Can also be the most joyful. Um, I would say every interaction you have around wherever you are, make a change and be who you want to be, or you want somebody to be to you. Um, treat people the way you want to be treated, and you know what? Even if there's, if you don't see the best goodness in there, know that they there is goodness if you dig deeper. So have that mentality that even if, if I'm seeing the worst out of somebody or somewhere, there's something better out there. So dig for it, and it's you're gonna find it.
0: That is very beautifully put. Thank you. Well, Mary, thank you for joining me today. It was a great time, and you no, know, keep up all your awesome work you're doing.
1: Thank you, Casey. You too. Thank you for listening to Constructive Curiosity. Constructive Curiosity is presented by SFC Consulting. For all your career coaching, project management, and leadership development needs, SFC Consulting has the insight to get it right. Visit SFCconsultingServices.com for more information.